this podcast may contain spoilers for whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. What's going on? I am Scoots Bronson. And I am S. Foster. And this is the Viewers Anonymous podcast. Uh, welcome. What's going on with you, brother? Oh, can't call it, man. Just not here. Uh, excited. I mean, I, I, look, I said this on the, uh, the last, what did we do last? Goddamn. We did uh, Iverson. Iverson, yeah. I was saying this on the coming soon the Iverson episode, dude. I am so amped for this episode, man. <laughs> this movie, dude, this movie, I'm telling you, this this movie, man, is is so underrated, man. And and like I told you on that one podcast, I said, dude, I almost did this shit without you, bud. Because it's like yeah, because I've been yeah. holding it in so long, man. It, it's really, really, man, a really good movie. So I'm just really excited for this episode. Um, but you know what I'm saying? At the uh you know what I'm saying? My uh at my uh pops old lady house, man. We just, you know what I'm saying, whip together some stuff. So, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to have a good Saturday, man. Well, how about yourself? Man, I'm doing good, man. Um, you know what I'm saying? Just got home from a baseball game. Tried to take a little nap because I didn't get too much sleep the night before. But uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm pushing through, brother. I am pushing through. I can't even lie to you, man. I uh we had a good we had a good day though. It was uh it was nice outside. You know what I'm saying? Sun wasn't too hot. You know what I'm saying? Sun was out there. My son, not the actual son. My son was out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my son, he went out there, man. He had a good game today. Um, he liked playing catcher. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I think that's something Whoa. in the future. Hold up. He liked playing catcher? Hey, man, I don't, I don't understand it myself. But, yes, he likes to play catcher. Hold on. Okay, he, so let me ask he you thinks this. that he thinks that the catcher is a cool position. So let me ask you this: How fast are these kids throwing? By, okay, just so by your... it's it's like it varies, right? Because with the league that that he's in, you got kids who actually play on traveling teams, and then <clears throat> you got kids who've been in the league before, and then you also got kids who've never played baseball before. So. You can and you can tell the difference between each one pitching. I can guarantee you that. So the kids who play on traveling teams, they probably throwing right now. They probably throwing around maybe 50, 60 in his age bracket. Like they throwing around like 50, 60. The slowest that they probably throwing is like maybe 40, 45. Um, and then for the kids who've been in the league before, like, you know what I'm saying, the previous year or whatever, and they've been in, you know, coming up from T-ball and coaches pitching and all that, they probably – their fastest is probably between 45, 50, and 40. You know what I'm saying? Like in that, that 40, 50 range. And then the kids, of course, who ain't really never played, you know, they, they really ain't yeah. throwing too much heat. But it's interesting, to, it's interesting to see, you know what I'm saying, like kids playing because baseball is one of those sports that – you don't have to be super athletic, but you can't be like n- nothing. You can't be you uncoordinated. Can, yeah, n- and you can't be lazy because yeah. if you're lazy, you definitely gonna lose. So, um, 
it's, it's interesting to see how they progress over the year. Like it's a lot of kids that I remember when the season first started, there's a lot of kids that couldn't throw. There's a lot of kids that didn't know how to throw with off a of pro hop. It's a bunch of kids who couldn't catch ground balls. It's a bunch of kids who couldn't catch with the glove. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a bunch of stuff. So, and then you, as you, like I said, as, as the year, I mean, year, as the season goes on, you start to see who's, who's going to be able to be like a, a future talent. And then you also see who's not. So like, it was funny because my son, he was running after a ball and, you know, usually when most kids run after the ball, they don't use the glove to pick it up. They use their hand to pick it up. Mm-hmm. So he's running. <laughs> he was running and he, he takes his glove and he puts it on the ground to pick the ball up. <laughs> <laughs> he puts it on the ground to pick the ball up, which is a smart idea because the glove, you know what I'm saying? You got that extension, right? Uh-huh. So as he's running, he leans over, picks the ball up. He don't put it in his hand. He toss it up. He catch it and throw it. And I've never seen him do no shit like that before. It was it, it was amazing, man. Like he he's they well both of my sons they both play, but my youngest son he he's really really improving. Um, he could always bat, so that wasn't an issue. But like as far as fielding goes, he wasn't necessarily like the best fielder, so he that's really improved. My oldest son, his um, he's actually the total opposite. He's a great fielder. But he's he's improving it on his batting. So it's interesting to see how they both, you know what I'm saying, got they little they own little game. That's what's up, man. Yeah, That's man. Because I'm telling you, listen, man, we went to the uh we went to the wild the other day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Shooting around in the gym. Let me tell you, listen, I love both of my kids. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Love them. My oldest boy, I'm telling you. No athletic athletic ability. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he shoot the ball like Kevin McHale, boy. He shoot oh, the man. Hands, man. Yeah. Hey, man, his balls are hitting the backboard so hard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that just means he got to shoot from the logo, man. That's all that means. Hey, but I was like, I was trying, I was trying my best, man. I was like, man, you, you know, I love you. He ain't got it, man. He ain't got it. Hey, man, he might be a football player, man. Oh, hell no. Nah. He ain't playing no football. Listen, That's good. That's good. he don't care nothing, man, my oldest man. And look, I ain't afraid. Because, like, my thing is, like, you know what I'm saying? Live your truth. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like, my, my, you know, my oldest son is autistic, man. Right. And, like, honestly, he can give a rat ass about sports. He don't care nothing about it. But this is the thing. Is that the one that's in the video games? No, my youngest is the one that's in the bit. But well, this is the thing though. This is the thing. He he is into Madden now. Oh my my autistic son. And I will go into the room. Now, granted, maybe it might be on on rookie mode. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He be blowing, he be blowing computer out. <laughs> I be like, damn, boy, like for real. But see, like, you know what? Does he um does he play chess? He don't play chess. No. Like he's, yeah. but I tell you one thing, he has mastered doodle jump. My guy. Okay. Like he he's mastered okay. that shit. Like now, listen, like, I'm gonna tell you this. That's a that's a skill. Because I played that shit before, nigga. That shit is not easy. When you hit like <laughs> level thirteen, bro, that shit get difficult. So that's a, that's a fucking skill. That's a real life skill. Yeah, like he, it's like it's interesting to watch him because it's like I don't know like where he's gonna go. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. like he's like really into like looking at stocks and shit. 
Like he, oh, really? he, he would he would just look up stocks and just keep looking at that shit. Nice. So he, he's always had a thing with numbers ever since mm-hmm. he was a baby. Like he always wants shirts with numbers on them. Mm-hmm. Like so he's always in into numbers. So I don't know, man. It's it's just really, you know, it's trying to map out like what he's gonna do and like all this type shit. And it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge, but you know. That's the thing with kids, man. Like, you know, both, hey. both of my boys, they told the opposite. One, he looked hey. like my, mine is too. Mine is too. Ain't nothing wrong with it, though, man. No, nah, nothing wrong with it because he he loves to be outside. He's a, he's mm-hmm. a people person. He could definitely mm-hmm. mom. He can go up and make a friend <laughs> like that. Yeah. But like, but like he he loves to play basketball. Like he's the one that's in the WWE and shit. Oh, okay, you know? okay. So yeah, it's a uh, you know. It's great being a parent, man. Like it, it really is, is man. Cause it see, really like is. my youngest son, he has ADHD. So with him, he has to have something that's like a constant. It's it, it has to be like constant motion, constant movement, and he'll like he'll be still for a minute. Like I I noticed like when I get him in the video games. Once I got him in the video games, he would sit down for hours, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be no issues. So. That was a that was a way to you know what I'm saying get him to deal with with that because he had got diagnosed um, in 2017, uh huh. And so at first you know what I'm saying like I was real hesitant because they were trying to put him on Ritalin, and I was real hesitant about that, and I was fighting it, fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. And then you know what I'm saying like I just was like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna try you know what I'm saying getting him on the video game, see what he do. And he got on the video game, bro. And I'm talking about. I ain't see that little little dude for like, I don't know, maybe about three hours. I forgot he was in the house one time. <laughs> <laughs> he just he once he get in that video game, man, like and especially one that he liked, man, he he'd be on that all day, man. Yeah, man, that's how it is, man. That's why I say, man, like, can nobody like these doctors and stuff like they can't they can't really tell you like about your kid, mm-hmm. man. Like you with right. them. You know, most of the hours throughout the day, you know what I'm saying? Everybody, you know, not everybody, but most of us got to work, you know. And plus, mm-hmm. I mean, they got to go to school. So it's like, other than that, like you with your child. So you know your child. So, exactly. you know, that's one of those things. But so, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's to, you know what I'm saying? It's the, the second uh, episode of the week. What's up, man? What you watching, brother? Oh, all right. I didn't know you going to hit me with it today. Um. That's something I actually been meaning to mention. Um, it's on the third. Let me see. Is it the third? Is it the third or the fourth season? I think it's the. I think it's the third season. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I believe we're on the third season of the Shy. Um, okay. Like you know, what I'm saying I've been watching. Shout out to Lena Waite. Lena Waite, yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> Lena Waite, man. Like, listen, yo. Like, <laughs> I like Lena Way. Don't yeah. get me wrong. And like I say, I I'm one of those people. I don't I I don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. But I, I do feel like I I do have a, an opinion and an obligation to speak on things. Right. Sometimes I feel like Lena Way is is pushing this stuff a little too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. And and I know that they have been misrepresented for a while. Um, but she is really, 
she's really kind of throwing the gay thing on you a little bit. You know okay. what I'm saying? Was it, it's kind of it's kind of forced a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there was one lady, I think, during the second season. Well, she got married in the second season, so it was mm-hmm. the first season. One of the main characters' mom starts dating this girl, so she got these two kids that are teenagers, and all of a sudden now she's, you know, now she's a lesbian. Yeah, and then. At the middle of dang, that's what makes me think it's the fourth season. Because then she brought in a transgender um going into a female. Mm -hmm. And so now you got that. As a matter of fact, there was a story that came out last season where Mm -hmm. there was a dude, oh man, I can't remember his name. He was a drug dealer and like his role was supposed to continue going. Yeah, but he didn't want to. He didn't want to. Uh, his he didn't want the love interest to be transgender. Exactly. Yeah, I remember exactly. that happening. So, yeah, yeah. I yeah. That. So so they killed him all. Yeah, they end up and letting then him all go. of a sudden he got this brother that's locked up, mm-hmm. and then the brother get out of jail, and he's the one that's in the relationship with the transgender. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds like I'm killing the show. It's it's it's, it's good. Like mm-hmm. it's not the same show from when when they let go of Jason Mitchell. Yeah. But at the same time, I found myself getting invested in a story of because like now they really focusing in on the teenagers. And that's mm-hmm. kind of great because these teenagers that are getting like starring roles as teenagers, right. you know what I'm saying? They can help them when they start getting into these movies and shit. Because look at uh look at your boy from Stranger Things, Caleb uh McLaughlin, I believe, the dude, the mm-hmm. black kid from Stranger Things. Yeah. He's coming up. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I seen him in. Um, I haven't watched that. You talking about that Cocaine Cowboy or Concrete Cowboys? Yeah. I didn't watch it though. Did you watch it? Nah. I, didn't I, watch um, it. I seen I just seen the, the cover for it. Yeah. So it's good to see them getting their shine as teenagers and actually mm-hmm. being in like starting roles because, you know, what I'm saying that they can help them, you know, become, you know, better adults. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm watching the show, man. It, it it started out. I mean, look, no, I know it sounds like I'm criticizing the show, and I'm not. It's 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 really good. Like the writing has been good. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the stuff is a little cheesy. Damn, man, it sounds like I'm killing it. Oh, um, <laughs> there is some cheesy shit in it, man. It's like, like, come on, man, like, really, like, this really happened. Mm-hmm. But, but you know what I'm saying. But I've I've been invested for like three or four years, so right. I'm just kind of like I I've been riding this train, and I want to see the ending. Like, I want to see what end up happening with everybody. So, mm-hmm. so I'm just basically riding the wave, man. So okay. the shot. On Showtime, I'm still invested. Nice. Um, man, listen, so, um, you know what I'm saying? I've been diving into this um, Apple TV world, man. You know, that's um, that's one of those – that's one of those um, platforms that we don't really mention. Thank you. Um, so, you know, with Hulu and Netflix and Disney Plus and uh, – uh, what am I missing? Amazon Prime, you know what I'm saying? Like all of these other movie platforms that have, you know, so like all this great stuff, we never mentioned Apple TV. 
and they have a they have they really have some great original content. So you know, said so I told you guys about C. I think I told y'all about C. You did. Um. Okay. With Jason Momoa. That's what I was watching last time. I finished that up. So I move on. I'm seeing something. I see my guy Jason Sudeikis in the show called Ted Lasso. And is that soccer thing? Yes. Okay. And it is brilliant. This is probably this is probably one of the best shows I've watched this year. I mean, like I I got hooked as soon as I start watching it, bro. Um, but just a real quick plot summary: It's about um a coach named Ted Lasso. He um he's like a a, a real high rank, well not high ranking, but he's like a winning football coach in America. He coaches like uh, college or whatever, and um the owner of the soccer club basically hires him to come in as the new club manager. And basically it's a whole sabotage plot, but it's not in the way that you think it is, but it's, it's just, it's crazy, bro. So, you know what I'm saying? He comes in, he's changing everything around. He, you know what I'm saying? He does what he does. He's a, it's like the character is funny because he's, I guess he's supposed to be from like Kansas city or something like that. And he like, he got Mm -hmm. that, that like Southern twang accent. So like on top of that, and then you know how funny Jason Sudeikis is like, he already a funny dude. So Mm -hmm. like this one part where they was like, um, man, he got some really nice cleats and he got this guy, um, that's his, uh, assistant coach. He called him beard. So he was like, uh, yeah, I mean, he was like, man, those are some really nice cleats. He was like, well, they call boots. He was like, they call boots. He was like, yeah, he said, over here, they don't call cleats cleats. They call cleats boots. So he was like, so I thought you said the trunk of a car was a boot. He was like, yep, that's a boot too. He was like, so, hmm. He said, so what do you call, what do you say? He said, what do you call putting your cleats in the trunk? <laughs> um, He said, what do you call putting your cleats in the trunk and doing something? And he was like, oh, that's putting your boots in the boots during the bootleg or some shit like that. <laughs> the shit was just funny, bro, like. It's just a, it's a good show, man. Like you get to see, um, you get to see how dynamic some of the characters are. You get to see some of the characters changing. Um, it's only one season, I believe. They got another season coming soon. So, if you got Apple TV, you make sure to check out Ted Lasso. I know I'm late to the party, but it's it's worth it, man. That's fucking funny. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, man. I like doing this, man. I was, but like the only thing is, it's like. It's, it's things have like to me it feel like things have been kind of slowing down a little bit so hopefully mm-hmm. i'll be able to find something for next friday oh they they gonna ramp up they ramping up real soon before we start bro so listen i changed toothpaste oh shit and um <laughs> i i got the uh crest i think it's crest it's either crest or colgate one of them but whatever it is it's the optic white whitening um uh, toothpaste that's colgate Okay, so I didn't know that when you brush your teeth with it, like after you spit everything out, that shit still is like foaming up in your mouth. Mm-hmm. So I guess that it's supposed to be like cleaning your teeth as you like get after you get done brushing it. So <laughs> first time, you know, so I'm brushing my teeth with this shit. I'm going through, you know what I'm saying? I'm going through all the motions and everything. I'm spitting this shit out and this shit is foaming up in my mouth. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this shit, bro? So I keep spitting. 
So then mm-hmm. I rinse my toothbrush off, you know what I'm saying, finish, duh, 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 hit my tongue again, hit my roof of my mouth and shit. And I spit again, and this shit is still foaming up. So, <laughs> bro, I get some water. I'm rinsing my mouth out, bro. Still foaming up, bro. So I, I don't know about this new toothpaste, man. I don't think I like this new toothpaste, bro. <laughs> That's the auto clean. Yeah, I don't like that shit at all, bro. It's it's that shit is weird. It's, it's a weird feeling, man. It feels like somebody shooting foam in your mouth the whole time you brushing your teeth and shit. That's funny, but that, that that just reminds me of growing up, man. My mama used to like close up. I hated mm-hmm. this shit. Mm-hmm. Hated close up. Cin- I, who brushed their teeth with cinnamon, man? Like, yeah, I, I I never understood that either. That but my wife got this shit from a um company called Hello. And this uh, charcoal toothpaste. The you ever fuck? try that? No, man. Man, listen. that shit. That shit had your mouth looking like you eating tar. Man, listen, Chris. If y'all hear me out there, <laughs> my favorite Chris is with the uh, feature of Scope. Listen, Ooh. I mm, love mm, that mm. toothpaste. If y'all mm-hmm. want to sponsor Views Anonymous, listen, y'all can yes. tons of boxes. Of yeah, I'm with Chris that. Scope, I'm telling you. I'm with best that. Best toothpaste in the world. I love That's that a fact. toothpaste. That's love a fact. Man, listen. I can't argue with you on that one. I love it. I love that shit, man. And it sucks because, you know what I'm saying, I ran out like a month and a half ago. And mm-hmm. I'm saying, my old lady, it's some Chris, but it's Baking soda and peroxide. What the fuck is this? Uh, she got the plain Jane of the yeah, man. These just regular old crackers. These just regular old crackers. Yeah, man. Where my scope at, man? Yeah, like, he on. looking for the rich. Yeah, man. That's my <laughs> shit. So I'm just, I'm, I, hey, I mean, I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? You gotta throw the yeah. alley oop out there. I'm just saying. If people That's from Chris is listening, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We would love to sponsor you because we could go on and on and on. Real crash scope, okay? It's so, funny how little shit like that could could change. You know what I'm saying? Your whole day, bro. Like the fact that you got nasty toothpaste could just ruin the, your whole morning. Yes, man. Because that's what, that's how you start your morning, man. You brush your yeah. teeth. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, boy. We went on a toothpaste rant there. Um, yeah. Listen, people, it's it's that time. Now, I'm pretty sure y'all seen the title, so y'all know what this is, man. This mm-hmm. I, this movie is so underrated, man. You you never seen LL Cool J like this, man. Um, <laughs> so we, we're doing the movie, man. The 1999, fuck what you say, classic, man. Um, in too deep, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Got the boy LL Cool J, Omar Epps, Neil Long, uh, Stanley. Uh, is it Tuki? I think it's Tuki. Yeah, Tuki, Pam Greer, you know what I'm saying? Harper Hill, you know what I'm saying? Special appearance by Maya, special appearance by uh, Jermaine Dupree, even though he got his ass whooped, sticky fingers. Shout out to my man Ron Kennedy, man. Yeah, man. Um, It's sneaky great cast, sneaky Mm -hmm. great cast. Um, But to give you a rundown, Omar Epps, you know what I'm saying, is playing two characters, uh Jay Reed and Jake. Not Jake, uh, uh Jeff. Jeff. Mm-hmm. So he's playing Jeff and he's playing Jay Reed. He's an undercover cop. Um and 
the whole intention is to try to take out these drug dealers and they put them up against this guy named Dwayne Hatkins, which is AKA God. They go to take him down and it's what the movie's called, man. He gets in too deep. He kind of forget who he is and kind of start feeling for these people that he's trying to take down. And I love the way that the movie goes because what's so great about it is they're jumping back between timelines mm-hmm. and what they're doing is they're showing Jeff teaching a class about going undercover. Mm-hmm. And it's so great to show that because he got in so deep. He's able to take what he experienced in real life and try to teach these new cops, which I mean, that's the one, not silver lining, but that's the one thing that kind of sucks about this movie is because it's like, we don't want him teaching all the new cops these great tactics right. <laughs> that he picked up. Because, um, but yeah, that's a, that's a whole other podcast right there. Bro, I can't picture Omar Epps as no cop, bro. It was it was weird, man. Like, but but he fit in so great as being Jay Reed, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, like I'm trying to figure out where even to start, but basically. You know what I'm saying? He graduated from the force. Um, that's when Maya made her special appearance. And he went up to uh Preston, which was I mean, I don't know exactly what he was. I don't know if he was a chief or whatever, he, but he was a high ranking officer. Mm-hmm. And so after the, the the graduation, he goes up to him, he's like, yo, like I'm trying to go undercover. He was like, you know, what is this? You're like the fourth person to come up to me, you know, trying to go undercover. He was like, look, he was like, I'm from the neighborhood, though. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, I can fit in with these people. So right. he told him to come to his office. And he's like, we'll see what you can do. They put him out in the street. He get a buy. Nas. I forgot. Nas was in this movie, too. Really? Nas, he was only in it for like a minute, 30 seconds. He wasn't in it long. Okay. But, um. That's who he bought the drugs off of when they first sent him out for his first mission. He mm-hmm. went to get a buy from um buy off knives. So, you know what I'm saying? So he was able to get a drug buy off of his first try. So then they put him undercover and he was um they brought down somebody in a at a lower scale. Because mm-hmm. what happened was he brought down like these. I can't look. I'm sorry, y'all people. Um, I can't remember if they were Dominican or Puerto Rican, but it was somewhere Latina. My bad. So they sent him in on this, on this Latina mission. You know what I'm saying? To, to set up these uh, Latina people, and he ended up. The one problem that he had was he started caring for. It, it'd be like one or two people that he'll start caring for, and they had a sister that he was kind of feeling right. Mm-hmm. And he would have these meetings where he would meet up with Preston. He was like, Preston, why we got to do this every week? He was just like, when you, when you go on the cover like this, it's better to talk about this stuff face to face instead of doing it over the phone. Right. So he asked Preston this question of like, what's going to happen to the girl? And he's like, why does it matter? He was just like, well, She's going to school. Excuse me. She's going to school. They're helping her pay for school. No, no, no. All this type shit. He was like, she's not involved. And they're like, well, we'll see. 
We'll see mm-hmm. if she's not involved as much as she says she's not. So anyway, so all this other shit happens. I'm not going to get all into the details, but so they was able to make this drug bust. But the girl see him walking out the house and she see that he was a cop the whole time. Mm-hmm. Now, while this is happening, right, they mention that there's a dude in New Jersey called God. They yeah. like, man, they call this dude God. He's like, can you believe that? So that's when, because he had a, um, what do you call those things? A wire. He had a wire on. Mm-hmm. So they heard everything that they said. So when they was able to make that buzz, that's when they said, yo, now we're going after God. And that's when the whole fucking movie made a twist, man. That's when the whole <laughs> shit flipped on your ass, bugs. I'm telling you, after when they got into God, totally another, totally another animal, man. Yo, so I didn't know that Omar Epps was start. Well, I'm saying Omar Epps. I'm sorry that Jeff was a cop in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's dope. Yep. That's super dope. You know what I'm saying? I was shout out to Cincinnati, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> man, we go hot, old man. They ain't from there. They from here. They just live oh, there. Okay. Yeah. And they don't even live there. They live in Westchester. <laughs> Why you call them out like that, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, he was, he was in Cincinnati, though. Yeah, Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. So the guy character, man, um, he's this big time drug dealer. You know what I'm saying? He running things. This is a first for LL Cool J because LL Cool J usually plays, you know what I'm saying, like positive roles or he'll play something that's kind of out of the ordinary. You know what I'm saying? He'll play a cop. Maybe he'll play um, a chef. Or, I know in one of the um, movies he played like a chef or something like that. So him playing the antagonist in a movie, what you know, like what do you? How did you look at that? That was great. It was great to see him in a different kind of role because when you always play like the good guy, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. when you always so. That was that was great to be able to see him in that role because we never seen LL Cool J like that before. You know what I'm saying? Right. To see LL Cool J play a drug dealer that was ruthless, like this motherfucker was was like straight up a different a different kind of dude, man. And and, and the yeah. thing about God was he 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 was <laughs> he was an asshole. Like he tried mm-hmm. to play like. Like they showed him giving this event, right? He was giving this event where they like they was giving away like free food and shit, right? Mm-hmm. And so like Sticky Fingers came up to him and he was like, "Yo, no, it was it was another guy." He was like, "Yo, we don't have enough. Like, there's one people they want this, they want that. We don't have enough. Not enough. Like he's at like he's the one that's paying for the event." He was like, "Yo, everybody get a plate." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it, it tried to make him seem like he's this great guy. But then at the same time, he fucking fucked somebody up for owing him a couple of dollars, like five or six dollars short of some shit. Right. So now you can also look at it like 
well, you in this type of business, you can't let anybody get over you because it's all about respect. Like if they don't respect mm-hmm. you, they're everybody. If one person short you, everybody can. If, if they let that one person short them, I can short them. So right. you have to have that type of mentality when you go into that type of business. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was just, you know what? In too deep was LL Cool J's training day. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, that 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 was his training day because we never seen Denzel like that at that point. Now he ended up playing uh what's my man's name? Frank Lucas, but it was later. Well, he was he no. was um He was uh, who was it? What's the one movie? Wasn't it um, Devil in the Blue Dress? Where he was the um, yeah, the dirty cop. But it wasn't to the extent of right. China. Okay, I see what you're saying. That makes like, sense. Like, yeah, so it it was it was. I think it's I think when when you are an actor, I think it's always great to be able to play a role that's outside yourself mm-hmm. because it shows that you have range. And I think that this movie was able to show us a range out of LL Cool J slash God. It was able to show show us that because this is the thing. LL Cool J been on the scene since what, what, 15, 16? Like when did um, when did he start rapping? Oh, he was oh, a teenager. I know that. I don't know how he young, started rapping. He, was a he started rapping um, in the early eighties. That's what I'm saying. He was a teenager when you know what I'm saying yeah. Mama said knock you out and all. You know I can't live without my radio. Like all right. that shit when he was a teenager. So the thing about LL was. Like we don't really, like we know he's from New York and shit, but we don't know how much, how street he really was. So we mm-hmm. don't know if 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 this came second second nature to him or not, which right. he could have. But but the guy character was it, he was an interesting character because it gives you those moments where like there was a moment where he was like, "Yo, I ain't trying to sound soft, but you know, what I'm saying that he had a son. He was like, man, my shorty, he gonna grow up to be something." You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, like, it gives you those moments where he is trying to be human, but it's also a moment where, which I get into a little later in the in the podcast, where it shows you that ruthless side, where you're like, yo, that shit didn't even have to go down like that. So, right, you get these different types of ranges with LL Cool J playing God in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I think it's interesting because with LL Cool J being like the hip hop sweetheart, if uh, if you could use that, you know what I'm saying? Him being the guy who always was, you know what I'm saying, um, considered the, the, the ladies' man, you know what I'm saying, the sex symbol in hip hop, um, to, you know what I'm saying, everything he did in hip hop, and then for him to jump in movies. And kind of do what he did. We never really seen him play 
Well, I mean, and um, he played an asshole in um, any given Sunday. But like he, you know, what I'm saying, like I said, outside of that, yeah, man, he, but that was different though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like outside of that, you don't really see him being the antagonist in something. So I think this is the first role where he was actually the the antagonist in the movie, where you know, what I'm saying, he was really like considered the bad guy. And for him to play that role with him being who he was, I just thought that was an interesting dynamic because we really don't see, um, like we really don't see the. Uh, the 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 stars you know what I'm saying that that everybody cherishes or whatever play you know what I'm saying bad guy roles they usually try to make them like the hero in the movie or whatever like to me I feel like during night like in 1999 I feel like they would have probably tried to make LL you know what I'm saying uh Jeff and then make Omar Epps the god character you know what I'm saying you know what while I'm talking, I want you to look at something. If I'm not mistaken, I think Any Given Sunday came out in 99 too. Um, let me check. But go ahead. It's I got really you. close. It's really close. Um, but you, it's interesting you, are, you bring up that You character. are absolutely right, sir. I knew it, boy. God damn it. I, mean, I tell man, we do this shit, man. <laughs> damn, man. Motherfuckers need to start fucking with us. Um but yeah, man, like for him to do these in the same year mm-hmm. it makes it even more crazier. But um, but I'm glad you had brought up that character. But also, like with there, there was a story being told. So Jeff runs into um oh, what was the name? What was Neil Neil's name? Myra. In this, you said Myra, yeah, trash mm-hmm. name. So he <clears throat> runs into Myra. And okay, so two things. So one thing was funny, like they met because he went undercover. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To go take down guys. So he went to New Jersey. You know what I'm saying? Harper Hill is the guy that introduced him and the guy, right? So during this process, <laughs> that nigga had blonde hair, in, bro. Blonde hair, my guy. So when he <laughs> took him in, he had my du- one dude, I cannot remember my guy's name. He had my one guy holding the punching bag, right? He mm-hmm. was like, so God is like, hold the bag. So right. He's hitting the bag. You know what I'm saying? Everybody know El Kuja's buff at this point. Mm-hmm. He just played a fucking running back. He's buff. So he hitting the bag, bag going all over the place. He was like, yo, if you don't hold a bag, I'm going to break your jaw. <laughs> hold the bag. So... <laughs> So he's hitting the bag here like three times. Right. And the bag all over the place. He done hit him in the jump. All right. So he done hit the floor. And so he bring up Jay Reed. He's like, yo, this is my man Jay Reed. He doing shit big over in Cincinnati and all this shit. So he was like, yo, you know anything about boxing? So he's like, oh, you know, I know a little bit. So he have him, you know what I'm saying, do the glove thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he fucking working that shit. So yeah. he's working it. And so afterwards, he's like, yo, you know a little bit more about boxing than you let on. So anyway, they sent Jay Reed. Now, they showed you this at the beginning of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what's so great about this movie. They showed the scene where he was in the car with Harper Hill and, and Frisco and all this type of shit, right? And, mm-hmm. then, and they saying that they want him to shoot somebody. 
And then they go back to the classroom. And he was like, what do you do in this type of situation? And he's trying to teach these students on what to do in this situation. But the cops proclaim, I got quotes up, people, proclaim that they go through these protocols of where they don't want them to murder, air quotes again, innocent people if they don't right. pose a threat. So they asked, they asked, so God pretty much sent him on a mission with, with these other guys in Frisco to shoot this dude that owes him money. And they want to see if he's down to make sure he's not a cop. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, this is like in the middle of the film. So they show you what actually happened. And so what he did was, dude, I got to mention this. I'm sorry. This is so <laughs> So he starts shooting. And he's shooting it. Like he's, he, he unloaded a whole clip, then hit shit. Yeah. So I got to mention this. I'm sorry. I don't mean to do this to y'all. But I, I hate to do this to y'all, Philadelphia. Somebody put up a meme of Jay Reed shooting out that Jeep. And they said, this is Ben Simmons shooting the ball. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. That's funny. It was hilarious, but That's funny. it was so fucking funny. You got to see in too deep to get it. <laughs> like, if you never see in too deep, you won't get the joke. But, like, he didn't hit shit. And, like, so what the cops proclaim they teach, if you're not in an immediate threat, then you can't shoot an innocent person. Mm-hmm. So he gets out the car. He's like, yo, you know, give me that thing. Give me that thing. It was like, nah, man. They're like, man, you can't shoot. They're like, man, I'm sorry, man. You can't shoot. So they go back. They go back to God. And they was like, yo, you know, did you do that thing? He was like, yo, my man can't shoot. He was like, man. He, he was like, man, he tried to get the Uzi, man. I, I wouldn't give it to him. Like, man, he can't shoot. They're like, how you know he wasn't playing? He was like, nah. No, he's real deal. He just can't shoot, though. So <laughs> So right, so that's what God did to try to test them to uh mm-hmm. to give them to do shit. Okay, so right, he sends them on another mission. He was like, you know, send them with the with the young dudes that we just hired to do this one job for us. Right. So they send them with these other dudes, and his sticky fingers and his other guy, they try to rob him. So he uh he he found out they were trying to put the drop on him, he figures it out, shoot one dude in the dick shoot the other dude in the chest. And so he goes back to Harper Hill's apartment and was like, yo, y'all set me up like y'all trying to kill me. So they send him out. They was like, yo, look, you know, shit is crazy right now. We're going to put you out for a little bit. So that's when he meets Myra. And she is like a dancer slash new model or whatever, right? So I got a little mm-hmm. joke to go along with that too. So anyway, he uh he put as in hobbies that he likes to take pictures, like he's a uh um photographer. Right. So he goes to the school and that's where he meets Mara. So they ended up he ended up talking to her about doing some pictures for a uh, for a portfolio, and he's like uh he asked her to do it or whatnot. So they mm-hmm. end up forming a little relationship. So this one, right? So, and and this is my question. It's a question to you too. Okay. So, they're walking, and she's like, "He was like, you know, why are you looking at me like that or whatever?" She was like, "I'm just trying to figure out should I take you home to my parents." She mm-hmm. was like, "I don't know how much they would like you being a cop." And he was like, "Well, you know, I don't know if I could take you home to my mom. You know what I'm saying? With you being a dancer, part time, new model." 
Right? <laughs> so this is my question to you. Would it be harder for you to take home a, a girl that was a cop or would it be harder for you to take home a girl that's a dancer, part-time new model? Definitely uh, a dancer, part-time new model. My mom is not having that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Telling you right now, she is not having that. That's I, I'm going to hear about that hey, shit all day long. Yeah, because I was like, because like the thing is, some people don't fuck with cops like that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, but then at the same time, it's like, is mom really going to be fucking with you fucking with a girl that's going to be taking her clothes off for a little bit of money, too? Exactly. So I mean, that's also a question for you. So, I mean, like, so, um, trying to, I'm trying to think, like, my mom, my mom is a pretty chill person, but I just, I just don't see her being like, uh, super cool with, you know what I'm saying? Um, me dating a stripper slash new model. Well, she wasn't a stripper, right? Technically, because all she did was get naked for photographers to take pictures of. Mm-hmm. So it's not technically a stripper. Now she's not dancing for tips. You yeah, know what I'm saying it's like she did ballet. I'm guessing ballet just didn't pay that well. Mm-hmm. So she was doing, you know, for the campus, you know, letting people take pictures of her naked or whatever, I'm guessing they were paying her a flat feet type of thing. Right. But that's a yeah, but that's a whole nother thing. I just wanted to throw that question to you because I was thinking about that shit and I was like, yo, I got a question for this dude. I don't think so, my mom would care about me bringing the cop home, though. Like, the thing is, like, the type of cop that he was because... Oh, yeah, because he was undercover. He ended up running in... Yeah. Like he ended up running into this this one guy that was head of like the case or whatever, mm-hmm. and so he asked them like how it was going, and it was like, "Yo, we haven't been able to get nobody under, you know, enough to get close enough to God." And he was like, "And then when somebody does, they pull out because they get scared." So he goes over Preston's head. It was like, "Yo, well, I, send me back in." Yeah. So, so. Jeff and Myra is sitting there in front of the fireplace and she's like, she just feel it. She feels it. She was like, you're going back in, aren't you? And he was like, yeah. And she was like, what made you want to do this? So he had this great story where he lived in the projects. He was Mm -hmm. like, and there was this wall. He was like, that was the only way in and out of that project. You had to walk past this wall. So He's like, guys started putting graffiti on it, and it right. was it was the names of everybody that was being murdered. And he said the youngest person that was murdered was a three year old. And he said that every day he walked past that wall, he was like, "Yo, I want to do something." And the only thing that he could think of is to become an undercover cop because mm-hmm. he felt that drug dealers were the ones that were responsible for these innocent people being shot and killed in the neighborhood. 
Right. So I can see how that could motivate you to do something like that mm-hmm. because he wanted to better his neighborhood. And the only way that he felt that he could do that was to do what he was doing. So I think that stories like that, I think that people who really, I think that's how some people become like politicians in a way or cops <laughs> or shit like that. Yeah. Like when you're born in poverty, you know what I'm saying? In these bad neighborhoods and you growing up in the hood. And you see all this bad shit that's happening in the hood, and you want to do something to prevent it or do something to help, mm-hmm. then I can see how he decided to make that decision to go that route. Yeah. So he was gone for like two or three months or whatever, right? Goes back in. And so God now, oh, 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 oh. How I forget this. So he meets Denise, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what God was doing. He thought he was helping the neighborhood, my guy. So listen to me. This motherfucker. So Denise comes up to him. He knew Denise from around the way. Right. He's having problems paying her bills. So he's like, yo, this is what I do. I make your house a stash house. So I have a couple of dudes coming into your apartment, right? Mm-hmm. Using your apartment. You know what I'm saying, brother, for drugs or, you know what I'm saying, a spot to cook it up, chop it up, whatever. And he was like, you know, I'll break you off a little piece. But at the time, she said, yo, I'm off that shit. I don't do it no more. Right. He was like, we'll use your spot. I'll pay your bills, basically. Right? Mm-hmm. So at the time, she was looking good. Jay formed up a little thing with her. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so when he came back three months later, God now had his baby. And that's why I said that moment where he was like, yo, I believe little short is gonna grow up to be something. Nah, nah, nah. So he was like, yo, that little thing that happened to you, you know what I'm saying? My dude that got his dick shot off. He was like, yo, I handled that, you know what I'm saying? My gift to you, nah, 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 all this type of shit. So Denise was at that, uh, cause he it was a, a ceremony where he made Frisco the what do you call it, the godfather mm-hmm. of his baby. So He's like, uh, so Denise came to that strung out, right? So she's strung out as fuck. And so he tells Jay Reed, y'all handled that. No, nah, not all this type of shit. So they go to a club, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jermaine Dupree, fucking four foot seven ass, walks up on him in the club. <clears throat> he was like, yo, Jay. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, let's go up on the roof and smoke something, right? So they go mm-hmm. up on the roof, and, and Jermaine Dupree sought him up. Uh, and his name, this, this was so funny. So his name is Melvin, right? Yeah. And he's like, so they see Jay walking with Melvin. And so some of the guys, guys like, yo, ain't that Jay Reed right there? He's like, yeah. What are you doing with slimy-ass Melvin, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so... And so then, right, and there's this Latino girl yeah. sitting with them. And she's like, yo, who is that? And they're like, man, get the fuck out of here. So they go out there, see Jermaine Dupree try to pull a robbery, hit him upside the head with a bottle. And this is the crazy part. So they whooped Melvin's ass, and he ended up just giving him the chain that he tried to rob from him anyway. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> so they just give him the chain. He's like, I don't even give a fuck about that chain. Right. So then, right. So then, now, while this is going on, he's still going back and forth. He's meeting Preston. He's yeah. Still meeting Preston. Now, this is the thing, though, that you got to understand, people, is the fact that when he was, when he went on the cover with the Latino people, right? The last time that's in the men, they put a wire on him. The wire didn't work, right? Like it was static, so they really couldn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. So, one of the meetings that he met with Preston, Pam Greer, and this other officer was there, right? And they're like, "This is why the movie's called In Too Deep." It's because his mindset at that time, mm-hmm. he was still Jay Reed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they're talking to him, and he's he's reverting back to them as Jay Reed. He was like, yo, y'all don't even know how to set up a fucking wire. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like he's like talking bad shit to them. Mm-hmm. And like Preston's like, yo, we need to pull you out. He was like, nah, fuck that shit. So like he is caught in a conflict of where he started feeling for these people. Yeah. But he's also trying to bring down these people. Okay. So then, right, I know I'm doing a lot of talking. I'm just excited. So then, right, <laughs> when they, uh, so after the, so after the club scene, the dude that was sitting with the Latino girl saying, yo, I know that dude, he's a cop. So mm-hmm. there's a meeting and they're like, yo, so, so God is like, yo, are you a cop? He's like, nah, I ain't no fucking cop. He's like, man, the fuck you talking about? He's like, man, bring that bitch down here. I show how much of a cop I am, nah, 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 all this type shit. And so God started to feel for Jay. He was like, I don't think this dude no cop. Like he, he asked, dude, how long you known this girl? Mm-hmm. He was like, two weeks. He was like, man, you gonna take a week? He said, man, you gonna take the work from a bitch, you know, for two weeks? Like, man, what the <laughs> fuck you talking about? So he was like, all right, man, let's go downstairs. So I want to show you something. So we go down to the basement. Oh, and, man. You know what I'm saying? My guy's favorite part. No, you know what I'm saying? Bronson's favorite part. Nah, definitely not Frisco my favorite laid part. laid out. Laid out on the motherfucking pool table, but ass naked. Now, this is the thing people got to understand. This is why Frisco was laid out, but ass naked on the pool table. So what the word is, the word is Frisco was drunk and made a move at his baby mom's and that's what got him on the pool table. And what God is like, you know what I'm saying? He get the pool first, pool stick. You know what I'm saying? Boom, crack it on his back. He was like, man, I was drunk, man. I didn't mean it, man. I'm sorry. Nah, nah, nah. And he was like, uh. So then, this is the crazy part. Like, you don't know what's about to happen. And you definitely don't know what's about to happen. What Omar Epps said. Omar Epps said, when they were shooting that scene, it, that wasn't in the script. I can't remember if it was on if he was on Breakfast Club or if he was on a podcast. Mm-hmm. He said that LL Cool J motherfucking freelanced that shit. Now I don't know how true this is. I'm just I, look. I'm just the messenger. And Omar Epps said <clears throat> it's not in the script for him to put that damn pool stick up Frisco's ass. And like, cause the thing is, when he he was talking to him. 
and he spit in his hands. He's like, oh yeah, so he's jacking out the pool stick. And he's like, oh yeah. And then he fucking shoved that shit in his ass, man. Everybody was like, oh shit. Like, are you fucking kidding me? So then he goes back and he meets with Preston again. And Preston was like, yo, we just gotta make sure you wasn't a part of this. It was like, nah, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't a part of this. And this is when he was still like Jay Reed. Like, so what I was just mentioning. That was the scene that he was going back and forth with Pam Grier and the other copy shit. Yeah. And, like, he was just like, nah. And he was like, you know, y'all can't even set up, a, uh, you know, a wire straight, all this type of shit. And so, like, dude, like, man. Okay, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. I'm sorry. A, lot, a lot's going on here. A lot's going on. <laughs> so, let's let's not talk about that scene no more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that shit, boy. Man, listen. Um, the concept of being in too deep, right? So this is this is the concept they that of course it's the title of the movie, but the concept of being in too deep is when an undercover cop is basically um has basically submerged himself into the undercover world where they really truly believe that this is now you know, so they take on this personality as if this person is who they truly are now. And it's interesting that that happens because you know what I'm saying in um in TV and film we also have that with method acting you know what I'm saying like people become a character and they will uh they will you know what I'm saying play this role and you know what I'm saying like they can't even get out of it you know what I'm saying like they they eventually have to go through different things to get out of it so like. <clears throat> is you know what I'm saying like with with Jeff you know what I'm saying like you said he was getting interrogated by people he was working with but he was fucking being Jay Reed at the time so it's like mm-hmm. when you when you look at it it starts to you know what I'm saying you start to see this um you start to see like this this weird transformation happen so like why do you think that that's such a why do you, well, I don't know if it's common, but like, why do you think that happens? Because it's like, do you think it's more so the fact that they ended, they end up doing this, this, or like, for instance, like with undercover cops, they, they'll live that lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? They'll be around these people, they go through all this type shit, you know what I'm saying? And then we see it in the movies too, where undercover cops would be playing both sides of the fence. You know what I'm saying? And they let certain shit go on. They won't let certain shit go on, but they do it for, you know what I'm saying? Basically just trying to catch the big fish. But at the end of the day, like they really tend like start to believe that they are the person that they portraying. So like, why do you think that type of shit happens? <clears throat> I think for Jay Reed, I think it was because Jay Reed was actually from the hood. Yeah, I think it's easy to fall into it when you're actually from the hood because you've been around these type of people. You know how to fit in with these people. Mm-hmm. And then Jay Reed had a heart for these people. That's just like there was a scene where he was sitting down and having lunch with um with two of the guys that were for God, right? Mm-hmm. And they're eating and dude, they're like stuffing this food in their mouth. He was like, yo, like how is he you know, how is he paying y'all? You know what I'm saying? Like, is he paying y'all well? 
Mm -hmm. He was like, you know what I'm saying? We, you know, we eating, but we ain't really, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so then he started to feel for me. Like he got these dudes out here busting their ass, putting their life on the line, Mm -hmm. and they ain't even getting well compensated. Right. So he broke them off, both of them, like with like three, four hundred dollars. Right. They was like, yo, what we got to do for this? He's like, man, y'all ain't got nothing for this. He was like, all right, well, how about y'all go get me that waitress phone number? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He was like, just that for this? So he, he started to feel for those guys. He's like, damn, these dudes barely can eat, and they busting their ass working for this dude 24-7, and they're not making no bread. So I think that what he saw was these dudes were doing whatever they had to do to survive. Yeah. And I think that they got to a point. They got He got to a point where he started to feel for these dudes because he's like, Y'all are just doing what y'all can. Like, I seen the same shit back in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I seen these same dudes that was working for the big man, but they're not troublemakers. They're not bad dudes. They just, they don't, you know what I'm saying? They might have a record or something. They can't get a job. Mm-hmm. This dude is paying. So, you know, I think that he started to have compassion for these people. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? So I could see how it was easy for him to fall into that trap because not only him being from the hood, but him just having compassion for these people. I think that's now I I think that's with everything. You you you're not gonna send a white cop from the suburbs, you know what I'm saying, to the hood, trying mm-hmm. to bring down somebody. You're gonna send you're only gonna send those type of cops that are relatable to the people they're trying to bring down. Right. So that's how I See, even if it's a situation where there are, you know, these uh, Italian dudes, like you're going to send in an Italian dude that grew up in the hood that turned into a cop because he could fit in with those people. But he might relate to those people a little bit more than he relate to the people that he worked for. So I can see how that concept of somebody going in too deep. That's interesting, man. Very interesting. Um, yeah, that's all I had, bro. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to oh, see what your oh. perspective was on, you know, what I'm saying going undercover and being in too deep because, you know, what I'm saying like it paralleled with the, you know, what I'm saying the method active, the method acting part where, you know, what I'm saying we've heard of stories of characters going, I guess, in too deep as far as acting, you know, what I'm saying and. Some, we had some tragic stories, and then we've also heard some stories of some sort of redemption too. So, and I just thought that was a um, a good yeah. parallel to throw out there. <clears throat> cool, cool. Well, I'm I'm about to wrap it up. So basically, there was a scene where God and Jay Reed was riding around, and they see, like I think they call the Nisi. Uh, uh, Denise, they see her and this dude and they owed him money. Mm-hmm. So he rolls up on them, beats the shit out of the Nisi, and, and Jay Reed beat up the dude, her boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And so there's the scene where he is uh, putting the, a gun to Nisi's mouth and was like, yo, who am I? And he's like, you know, she's like, God. And so, uh, so like basically he beat the shit out of them and they sitting in the park. He was like, Jay Reed, you know, you a dude where, you know what I'm saying, you're a smart dude. He was like, what I like about you is, you know what I'm saying, you a boss, you ain't afraid of me. He was like, at some point, 
you know, we're going to have to take each other out. And he was like, so that's why I wanted to bring you on to make you, you know what I'm saying? So he was like, we can run this town together type mm-hmm. of shit. And so he brought him with him on a drop. So they brought him in on a drop. And so they meeting these two, these two white dudes or whatever. He was like, yo, who's this? He's like, who's this dude? He was like, and he was like, where's Frisco? And, and Jay Reed is like, man, Frisco's the old news. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's old news. So you knew news. He was like, yeah. <laughs> so he was like, are you a cop? Like, what the fuck you talking about? And so God is like, yo, let's speed this shit up. And mm-hmm. he was like, I'm just trying to figure out my man the cop. He was like, yo, let's do business. <laughs> so funny. He was like, let's do business, right? And so he gives him he gives him the money, he gives him the drugs. And so so God is checking the drugs. He's like, oh, so you gonna check my drugs? He was like, shit, you counting my money? And so and so then the whole drop happens. So then the cops bust in, right? So then they're trying to do their escape thing, and this is where Jay in too deep. They get to the end. The one dude is like, yo, you a cop. So he had to drop on Jay. God, shoot him. And so then they're hiding. And uh, Pam Grill comes up looking fine as hell. Of and course. She comes up and she has she has a drop on God. So God put his gun down. Mm-hmm. Jay Reed just pop up and put the gun on, on Pam Grill. She's like, fuck you doing you know what i'm saying like yo like what you doing he was so engulfed in being jay reed that he pulled his gun on his colleague right so she's trying to talk him down like yo what are you doing and god is like dude listen i got the greatest lawyer in new jersey like dude we'll be out in the morning like put your gun down and so he finally put the gun down and so then they putting uh they told they come out and they're like yo they was like jeff read him his rights and then he looks at him and he's like what the fuck he's like you ain't no cop he was like you ain't no cop jay reed Reed." and that shit was hilarious so he's like you ain't no cop jay reed and then he gets in the car you ain't no cop you a sellout and so um (laughs) And so, like, so basically, you know what I'm saying? He testified, you know what I'm saying, to put God away. And um, and he put in a good word for the, for Harper Hill. Yeah. So Harper Hill ended up getting like three to five or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, and like I said, throughout the film, they're going back and forth for him teaching the class. Yeah. Now he's just he's just working at the department on getting people. You know what I'm saying to work undercover, so like that happens like throughout the movie, and like so basically at the end after the case of Dwayne Haskins, uh, whatever. Damn, he got the same name as the Ohio State quarterback. No, it's Dwayne. It it's Dwayne Gattins. Gattins, my bad, Dwayne Gattins. Yeah. So, um, so he gets sentenced like two lives and sentences or some shit like mm-hmm. that. And he links back up with uh with Myra and uh he convinced her to go to Chicago and um and all this little shit. So man, this is a great fucking film, man. If yeah. y'all have not seen In Too Deep, man, it's a great fucking film. I'm sorry, it's it's one of the underrated films, man. For sure, bro, for sure. So um 
Fire flame time, brother. Yes, sir. Yoga fire. Yoga flame. Cool, cool. So, um, man, I remember watching this, you know what I'm saying, when I was a little bit younger. Um, 1999, I think I was in maybe fifth or sixth grade. I was in the eighth grade. You was in the eighth? I'm trying yep. to think. Yeah, I probably was in like maybe like the fifth or sixth grade. Um, maybe maybe fourth at the most. But I seen this movie probably like a couple years later when I was in high school. So um for me, I'm gonna give this a uh a three. And the reason I give it a three is because of the pool stick scene. I was not <laughs> a, I was I was never oh, a fan man. of that shit. That shit fucked everything up for me. So yeah, I get I give it a three. Man, listen, I am giving this a four and a half, my guy. This movie, this movie was great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could have lived without that. And then the reason for him to do it, that shit was dumb as fuck. But mm-hmm. we seen this shit happen in real life. Fucking fucking Nicky Bonds ratted out his whole crew because he got fucking life and mad that one of his dudes fucked this girl. Like, come on. Yeah. Then you rat on the whole squad. You got life, my guy. Fuck you worried about what she doing. But anyway, um, but yeah, man, like it, it was a stupid reason to do it. It was stupid to do it, but you know what I'm saying? I I I see why it, it happened. But man, other than that, man, it, it's a great film, man. Like it, mm-hmm. you know, great cast. Um, it was great writing. I love the way it went back and forth from the uh from him teaching uh, to him actually being out there. To him trying to get his life together, actually trying to have a relationship. Um, there was one scene I left out where he went and saw her while she was dancing. He was drunk and he got locked up. Yeah. Um, it was it was just really a really really good film, man. Um, I don't really have any criticism. Like I mean, like yeah, I mean nobody liked that pool stick scene, but right. you know, other than that, man, it was a really really good film. So I'm I'm gonna give it a four and a half, man. All right, man. Um, so you know what I'm saying. Uh, next episode is gonna be something super nice. Um, this one is gonna be. Uh, this is gonna be super funny, but um, it's interesting to talk about this movie with uh situations that's going on right now. So um. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? This is uh yeah. this is probably one of the funniest movies by Air C uh or Land. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All throughout Chicago, you know what I'm saying, just taking it over by Air C or Land. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the talent. <laughs> come come on a kick drum, come. Come come on a kick drum, come. <laughs> Hey, bro! Listen. Oh my god, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> hey, that, oh, this man, shit is gonna bro. be comedy, Fucking bro. heat wave, bro. Motherfucking bro. heat wave. 
That shit is funny, bro. Part, <laughs> part said, oh, so that's how you want to play it. I'm going to play some guys from my neck of the woods. <laughs> he said some real goons. He said you got these fairies. You got these fairies just swinging whatever. <laughs> he said, hold on. You hey, don't take buddy. a man's kazoo. You don't take a man's kazoo out of his hand in the middle of A minor. <laughs> hey, no. He said, he said, I did not get my ass whooped. He said he, he fooled me with trickery and then shot me in the throat. <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be hilarious. This hey, is, oh, man. That shit it. was funny as fuck, it. bro. When the motherfuckers was playing hey, Pictionary, yeah, bro, that shit had me crying, bro. Oh, man. He said, it's not a sock. It's not a sock. You keep saying fucking sock. It's not a sock. I said, no, it's not a sock. (laughs) Hey, bro. That shit was funny, bro. Oh, man. That shit is hilarious. Yeah, this this is going to be great, man. This is going to be great. I can't wait for this. This one is much needed. Yeah, Yeah, this one is definitely much needed. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, um. Definitely. Yeah, man. So you guys uh make sure y'all tune in for that next episode. You guys are gonna love it. Um by the way, follow me on Twitter at Scoots Bronson. Follow me on uh Instagram, Scoots Bronson underscore TV. Go check out my other podcast, 15 Minutes of Fame. Um Hustle Boy episode still up. Is is getting some good reviews, hey. getting some good numbers. What's up? Hey, uh, single came out yesterday. Uh, yeah, no yeah. love came no out. No love. Yesterday. With uh, who is? What's the uh, feature on there? Uh, John Dyd. Yeah, John Dyd. Yeah, that was it's it's a nice song, bro. I like it. Yeah, I like it, bro. Um, yeah, but that's that's just like I told you when I listened to his music, it threw me off because I was like, you know, you know how I am. Like anytime, you know, what I'm saying you hear certain people, you never know, but. Yeah, he's a he got a he got a nice future. I give him that, man. And he's a smart dude. So you know what I'm saying? Y'all make sure y'all go check out that episode of 15 Minutes of Fame. And um follow us on Instagram at View a Nine Pod. You could also follow us on Facebook, VA Pod Watch Group. You know what I'm saying? That's where you get everything. We also got a link tree and everything to be in there. So you know what I'm saying? Mess with us, man. Yes, sir, man, and like, and like, I got a, uh, I got an interview with uh, Hustle Boy as well. It's on Twenty Eight Minutes or Less. It was episode mm-hmm. forty six, so go check that out. Um, I just dropped the new uh, Twenty Eight Minutes or Less, um, episode forty seven. It's a, uh, it's about a thirty for thirty, um, the uh, year of the scab. So go check that out. Um, you can find me on Twenty Eight Minutes, Twenty Eight Minutes or Less Pie on Instagram. Uh, Foster 8 on Instagram and Twitter, 28 Minutes or Less on Facebook. And uh, be on the lookout, man. That last episode of Stolen Time Podcast will be coming out on July the 2nd. So be on the lookout for that as well. For sure, bro. For sure. So, um, yeah, man, that's it, bro. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for, um, you know what I'm saying, showing us some love. See you next episode. Like they say in Hollywood, that's a wrap. Cut.